Carlsbad, People, Purpose, and Impact, an essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Good morning and welcome, everyone. My name is Brett Schonsenbach. I'm the president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, and I'm your host today. And I'm excited to have with me Renee Donaldson. Renee is the CEO of EcoDirect. Good morning, Renee. Good morning, Brett. Yeah, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. It's good to have you here. So EcoDirect has been around for, and we'll, and we'll talk about this a little bit, since 2009, and you've been part of the team since it looks like 2011. Is that right? That is correct. But before that, give us a little, you know, a little background. Like, what did you do before coming into EcoDirect? What was your, um, you know, experience and things like that? Well, I really, I moved out to California in 2006 from New Hampshire. Okay. And I think that's really where it started for me. Uh, Not just being out in California, but uh, wanting to work in renewables, uh, clean energy, anything like that. Um, Because really, I... I always was an environmentalist and just had yeah. a passion for being from New Hampshire, hiking and, you know, mm-hmm. being outside and making sure we, we're taking care of our planet. Uh, Don't but, all environmentalists come to California eventually? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that required? So. Yeah, for the, you know, John Muir Forest, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, when I first got here, I was, uh, I was pretty young. I didn't have a job um, or know anyone. So I just uh, it took a lot of different sales jobs and positions. And really, uh, in the short abridged version, my partner now, uh, Thomas Baxter, had found my uh, job posting on my college board website. And he said, hey, uh, what do you think about, you know, taking a job working for a solar sales position, you know, for us? And, and that's, uh, you know, at the time I was working as selling software. And so uh, it was much more up my alley. And uh, I think I had posted it for solar desalinization. And that's what I was really kind of interested in. But yeah, anything solar was a great place to start for me and uh, jumped right in. How interesting, solar desalinization. And he found you, though. And so so you started with EcoDirect, as you mentioned. It sounds like as an account executive. I did, yes. Yeah, so kind of got your feet wet. But... You didn't stay there. Uh, you moved up and uh, looks like 2015 general manager, 2016 CEO. I became very passionate about it. And uh, at the time when I first came on board, uh, we weren't selling the types of systems that we are now. Uh, we were working mostly with uh, small DC systems, Department of Transportation, any type of small off-grid battery-based application. And and I saw a a really large drive and opportunity to uh, start selling more residential uh, systems. So for grid tie and off-grid applications. And so over time, uh, I taught the company how to sell it. And nobody knew how to sell solar or knew any of the parts that were part of it. And so I... It took a long time, I'd say, to get uh, get completely well versed with that. But uh, I, as I learned more, I became much more passionate about it. And my partner now uh, saw that, and I, I bought in. And he, like, I think that you know you're you're really good at this, and we need you to help kind of keep going with it. And uh, I was I was all in. That's awesome, and I think you know most of us like the idea and some of us actually get to have the reality of 
going to work every day and something we're really passionate about, right? It makes a big difference. We spend a lot of hours at work. We do. I feel incredibly blessed for that. And uh, I really didn't like my other job also. <laughs> and so uh, this was uh, definitely a welcome relief uh, yeah. to to do something that is making a difference, I think, for a, yeah. for a lot of people. Uh, it just was something to feel very good about. Yeah. I spent part of my background was in computer software as well. It was a human resources management software system that I helped as a startup and just didn't have that oomph, you know, in life. It's just kind of like, uh, yeah, this... Let's go sell more software. I mean, you know, I I, I feel you, right? <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. It was thoughtful or thought. Um, I, I forget the name of it, but did it? Did you end up liking it or well doing well with it? We did well, but um, you know, there just came a point where it was like, okay, I'm ready for something else. You know that. If you have connections, different kinds of connections can be very meaningful, but those connections have been lost, and so the software that part of my life was not as uh, engaging. So I'm very blessed to have come into the chamber world and uh, have that connection to a deeper purpose and things like that. So why don't we unwrap for people a little bit of what EcoDirect is and does, and, and you teased it, but let's let's go ahead and, and tell them all the width and breadth of what EcoDirect is. Absolutely. EcoDirect is a renewable energy distributor based out of Carlsbad, California. Our focus is mainly on residential uh, hybrid applications, and that's where you're integrating storage with a solar PV system. And we are moving into the commercial space uh, where uh, for like commercial, like a grocery store or a bank, something along those lines, uh, where we're also integrating uh, solar and storage. And we are we have some high reaches too for uh, getting into some much larger systems and we're making some traction there. So it's, uh, it's a very exciting time to uh, work in the industry. We have an uh, online store that a majority of our customers use and a dedicated sales team. So we can help design, engineer, and configure most any independent energy project. Very interesting. Okay, so there's a lot for us to kind of unpack here and have fun with. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick pause and, and have a message from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to delve into all these different aspects. We're talking to Renee Donaldson, the CEO at EcoDirect. Stay with us. We'll be right back. So, Renee, before we took a break, you were sharing about the different things that you guys do, um, both residential and commercial. I want to stick with the residential for a moment because you talked about something there that seems to be an evolving trend in residential, and that is the the storage element. I got solar on my rooftop probably three or four years ago-ish, and, and we didn't get storage. But it seems like now that's becoming more and more common and, and more and more important. It is. Uh, there recently, the utility is changing the rate structure in, on April 14th of this year, so just in a few weeks from now. And it will make it less attractive financially to get a return on your investment for a grid tie only system where you're not able to store the energy afterwards. The way that systems operate, and I think it's important to note, is that most, most of the time when you put solar panels on your house, your solar panels produce power. It powers all the loads that are on in your house first, and then any excess power is pushed back to the utility grid in the form of net energy metering credits. Yep. And that's where you see the offset. 
But what we're seeing now is that everyone's pushing all that power back to the utility grid during the day. And where does that power go? So the utility is now responsible for putting in very large-scale uh, storage systems. But that can take a long time, usually 18 months. And so to help while we're electrifying the grid with EV cars and just a higher load yeah. demand, you have to be able to mitigate that power consumption. So one of the reasons that they're changing the rate structure is so people can uh, both use and store their own energy and basically be their own power plant. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Like you said, the the demand is going up. Like Even for my wife and I, like, since we installed our system, you know, we did buy an electric car, right? And we also had adult children move back in with us, and our usage went through the ceiling, you know, since since we established what would be an equitable system for our house. So, yeah, um, things can change, right? And and usage goes up. And I mean, I love our electric car too. To be honest, I'm, I hope to have a second electric car in our family, you know, in a couple of years. And so. Let's just touch on that. So somebody who's had solar or has solar, and now they've seen that their needs have exceeded what they built for, is that something that can be addressed? Can you guys come in and build, I don't know, a supplement system or I don't know, something? You absolutely can. So there's a couple ways that you could do that. If You, you can always increase your PV system size if you have the space for it. That is, uh, but you could also incorporate storage. That's so instead of your PV system producing power during the day and just pushing it back to the utility grid in the form of net uh, metering credits, you can recharge your battery bank and you store that energy for use at nighttime. So you're just you're keeping all the power that you're producing. And depending on the battery system, it doesn't necessarily have to be large enough to power your electric car. Uh, maybe if you're able to, charging your car during the day when you're producing power with your PV system would be the optimal time. But it, with a storage system, you have that supplementary power, so you can use that at night. Kind of like your cell phone. You plug it in at night, it recharges during the day, you use it all day. Uh, and this is a little reversed because you're recharging it during the day when you have right. that excess production. And then at night, instead of pulling from the utility grid, you're simply using that stored energy from your battery. Yeah, makes sense. Um, when we were investigating our system, it felt like that model was still quite pricey, at least for a residential usage. And I'm like everything, I assume, with technology and advancements, that innovations, it's hopefully gotten more affordable. How, how, is it something that the typical residential customer can attain these days? I mean, batteries are expensive. Mm. It's just, it's an additional part. It is really in line with about what a system costs without batteries. So depending on that, and maybe a little bit less if you get it installed at the same time. But for a typical residential system, for adding a uh, pretty modest battery bank, you'd be looking at about ten dollars to $15,000 on a low end. And then you can go up from there. Uh, the average for us is about 25000 for the storage element. So it is an investment. Sure. Uh, but with a lot of people in, uh, we're in Southern California, so during the peak times, it's 49 cents a kilowatt hour. Wow. And when, if you're under NEM2, which a lot of people are, and probably you yourself are with um, getting it within three to four years, you get 11 cents when you push power back to the grid. 
So you can quickly yeah. see your return if you're using a lot of energy at night. Financially, it will work out that your return, depending on what you get and how large and how much you pay for installation, would be about five to seven years. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. So for you mentioned there's a change coming uh, in April, which is uh, very soon. So right now there still are incentives for residents, maybe even commercial you could talk to for switching or installing solar. Are the incentives going away or how's, how's all that going to be affected? The incentives are have actually been extended in a way. So federally, uh, we had the ITC uh, tax credit and now we have the IRA, which is 30% as a federal tax credit for the next 10 years. Oh, nice. That's, it's huge, yeah. uh, you know, industry-wide, uh, which is fantastic. But it's California primarily right now, and most likely other states as we move along in this year and in uh, years to come, that are changing the rate structure. So mm -hmm. instead of 11 cents a kilowatt hour that you get for your excess production, it'll be closer to 3 cents. A kilowatt hour. And so that will make it uh, a little less attractive for a grid-tie only system. The good news for a company like ours that uh, specializes in storage uh, and integrating that with your system is that you can still have that financial gain. It, it just costs more money up front. Yeah. Uh, there are some different finance programs that I saw, both through SDG&E uh, and PG&E and SCE, that they're not directly affiliated with, but they're listing it as, here's someone you can contact to obtain financing so you can get this system. And what we'll find is that instead of getting uh, the PV system that's larger to compensate for your total uh, offset with your consumption, is that you can turn the dial back a little bit and maybe get a smaller PV system, so less solar panels, and then get a battery storage system that's maybe not 100% of what you're looking for, but enough that you can handle the financial buy-in now, and then you can expand over time. Yeah. So they're a lot more buildable than they were previously, so the technology has come a long way. Uh, and the prices, they have come down uh, in prior years. We're pretty stable now. So nice. I don't anticipate, and uh, many of our manufacturers don't anticipate the battery costs falling. And that's a bit of a misconception for some of the sure. customers that we engage with is, you know, maybe if I wait a few years. It'll get and cheaper. It, you know, and uh, that's, it's still going to be better to do it today than to push it off and do it tomorrow. Wow, so they're changing it from eleven cents down to three cents. So that's about what one one quarter of what you used to be able to uh, get for pushing solar onto the grid. Very interesting. So yeah, they're and I can. It's interesting what you shared about SDG&E and and the others um, coming up or helping find financing options for folks to do this battery storage at their own places because it just. I think it helps them, right? If more and more people are generating and storing. Uh, I remember when solar was, ex you know, and it still is exploding, but a few years ago when it was exploding and um, we heard rumors, I can't say that they were um, substantiated, but rumors that there was so much coming during peak daylight that the 
energy was being dumped. Yeah, well, that could, they call it the duck curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you have an excess production and not enough consumption at that time, uh, where does the power go? Yeah. So uh, they do have a lot of programs. Uh, not only um, the financing element is – I think you'll still get a better deal through your bank or credit union yeah. in most cases if you have a good relationship with them. But there are several finance options available. But there are new programs now, too. Uh, one of them is called a VPP. It's a virtual power plant. And so for SDG&E, uh, if you are able to have a battery storage system that's over 10 kilowatt hours, uh, you can participate uh, potentially in the program where during times where the utility needs grid support, you actually opt in to push power back to the utility grid from your storage system, and they'll pay you as much as $2.50 per kilowatt hour. Oh, wow. Uh, this is mainly during the month of September. Uh, we, A lot of uh, the consumption increases pretty heavily during that time for air conditioners. Uh, it's, it's pretty hot out, yeah. and uh, the days are longer, yeah. so you find the electricity use just kind of goes through the roof. And Ramped up. Schools are back in session, and business, of course, never takes a break. So, yeah, that's interesting. Wow. So all kinds of little intricacies there. So talk to us about um, your guys's. We've been talking a lot about residential, but talk to us about commercial. So commercial applications are uh, in a similar position as well. Uh, so a lot of the concentration for us is going to be on areas that are in a fire-prone area. Mm. Uh, so there's additional incentives for that as well. And then with the IRA uh, tax extension, they offer different adders. So we mentioned the 30%. That's kind of straight across the board for residential. Uh, for commercial, you can, there you have several other 10% options. One of them is if you're in a tribal land mm. uh, or if you're near a brownfield, which is uh, basically an area that's near a non clean energy source, like Got a it. coal power plant or something like that. And the other one is uh, bu- buying American products. So mm. if you're able to, and I have a really good tax accountant, uh, you can really make sure that you're getting the most of these systems and in some cases get over 50% uh, as a tax credit. Wow, that's a lot. That's that's really great. There's actually a new market that's evolving because of this too. So yeah, it's like- <laughs> Do tell, do tell, come on. <laughs> it's really interesting to me. So uh, it's called uh, buying and selling energy tax credits. Okay. And so part of, uh, we went to a finance conference earlier this week with, through SIA, which is um, Solar Energy Inter- uh, Industries Association. And over in New York, it was the Finance Tax and Buyer Seminar. And it, the main focus was uh, talking about transferability of the tax credits. So if you're a large company in business and you opt to Put in solar, whether it's on your business itself or maybe your business is to build one of these large solar farms, you can sell your tax credits that you would have generated from your system. You can sell them on the open market and then you can trade them and uh, you can do it over a period of uh, several years. So uh, there's it's a very exciting time for if you're wanting to do financing and uh, for the energy world, because uh, it's similar to, in my opinion, I'm not a finance expert, but it reminded me a lot of like uh, the cap and trade. 
Yeah. Oh, if you're familiar with that, yes. it's, a, it's a kind of a very similar structure. It's interesting, too, because you think of how um, all these local communities, at least in our area, of course, people could be listening to this podcast anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. But in our area, how local jurisdictions have taken on the role of procuring energy on their own, you know, community choice aggregates that, you know, have come together. Carlsbad is part of one right now. And I think it's up, the one that Carlsbad is part of, I think is up to about six different communities that are, you know, have come together. It started with three, and I think it's up to six now. But you could see them purchasing from residents, I guess, is almost what it sounds like, you know, because that they want that clean, they know it's solar, right? They want that clean energy. They can. And, you know, one of the reasons I... I, I love Carlsbad, uh, is that it's very progressive in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that most of the people that live here really appreciate the beauty and the the beaches and just the whole community and really have a push to have their own clean energy and they want to buy clean energy. So they're, they're really helping facilitate the path. That's great. So uh, recently, maybe three, four months ago-ish, I had a chance to see your facility here in Carlsbad. And if I remember correctly, this is a newer facility for you guys, growth, uh, which is a great thing. And so when you guys were started in 2009, was it here in Carlsbad or was it in a neighboring community? Or how long have you guys been in Carlsbad? Uh, We were actually, the first office was in La Mirada, California. Okay. Uh, But when I came on board in 2011, we had just opened a small satellite office in Carlsbad. Off a Tiger Run court. Yeah. Not too far, really, no. from where you guys are now. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's right down the street. Yeah. And now you have grown, and, and Carlsbad is your home home. Yes. Which is great. Um, You guys have a podcast that you do, I don't know how often, but I know you guys have it, a Solar and Storage Podcast. Is that right? Yes. Solar and Storage Today podcast. We try to do it at least once a month. Awesome. So we want to encourage our listeners who want to learn more and really get into this topic to check out your guys' podcast, which is great. And tell people how they can find out more about EcoDirect. What would be the best source? Is that your website or uh, you mentioned your website earlier? Yes. So we have a lot of great content on there, uh, both on the educational side as well as uh, the products and just to give you more more education about what you're buying. So ecodirect.com is the main uh, go-to to learn more about us. But giving us a call as well, if you're uh, really serious about buying, if you've done some research, I kind of attribute it like when you're buying a car. You're doing a lot of research online independently and then, okay, I'm going to go into the dealership. Uh, so in this case, you could go ahead and give us a call or if you're local, uh, come on come on by. Uh, we do have a great space and happy to meet with our, especially our local customers and, uh, and help them uh, both design, size, and get their permits completed, uh, which can kind of be a a little bit trickier. So we've really simplified that process, and it's been really successful helping the projects get commissioned and installed. I love that model because um, we live in such a a consumer-driven world. You know, everybody does – it doesn't matter if you mention cars, but it could be – even with like people buying houses these days or whatever, they do all the research online and find things. and But then usually you you hit the – the limit of what you can find out on your own. And at some point, 
you want to sit down and talk to somebody and and work through the details. And that's true once you find the car you want or the house you want or whatever it is you're searching for. Usually, at some point, you want to talk to somebody and um, really get into the nuts and bolts of it. So that's awesome to um, have that and that you guys love people coming by your space. It's a nice office space. Of course, it's Carlsbad, so most <laughs> offices are nice here in Carlsbad. We're very fortunate. It's a, it's a wonderful place and does give us a great opportunity for growth. And we have a fantastic team uh, that's really dedicated and all share the same vision of helping the transition to clean energy for our customers. And it's a it's a great, it's a great place. Uh, yeah, and we're we're blessed to have you guys here in Carlsbad. We're, we're thankful to have you as members of ours, and um, you know, engaged with us. Uh, you know, you're you're helping the overall planet. You're helping our community. You're helping with all those um, initiatives that you know, clean energy and clean air initiatives that all communities have. So we really appreciate you. But I wanted to thank you for taking time. I know you're busy and you guys are growing. Like you said, you're out of town just this week. So I I know your time's valuable. Thank you so much, Renee, for taking the time to come down and share with us. Thank you, Brett. This is a real pleasure. Happy to be members of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. We've, we've been members for years, ever since we've been here. So it's- I it's love that. Wonderful. For those of you listening who are not members, you need to follow Renee's lead and join the chamber now. It's worth it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button on wherever you get your audio. And please tell a friend. We would love to hear your feedback, which you can share at carlsbadpodcast.com. You can leave us a review, ask a question, or leave an audio comment, which we can play on the show in the future. And that's all we have for today. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad, People, Purpose, and Impact. And remember, share some kindness today. It's free, creates goodwill, and makes you feel great.